Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Brian. No, that's this is my announcer voice, and you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Should I do this as my real self? Oh, shucky darn. Hi, this is Brian Cummings. You're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Okay, do it straight. Hi, this is Brian Cummings, and actually you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Send money. And real estate. Welcome to another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast live on Denver Pop Culture Con floor 2019. I'm Ryan and we are joined by another author who has a, a connection with an author we just interviewed. Why don't you introduce yourself to us? Uh, yes. Hello. I'm Valerie Finnegan. Yes, I am married to... Bernard Finnegan, author of When Halloween Was Green and The Last Reincarnation of Stephen Kinder. Um, I also am a writer, and in fact, um, I had been writing comics long before he started writing novels. Um, now, I, uh, I've dabbled in science fiction, superheroes, and um, zombie horror, but um, most of what I do is military history, and I'm one of only five women in the world who do this, but I'd been inspired by the works of um, Larry Hama, Joe Kubert, and Mort Walker. Those are some Those are some legends there. I like it. I've had the privilege of uh, working on a book with Larry Hama, too. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes, my first project was a benefit comic for the USO Wounded Warrior Project and other charities. It was called Untold Stories from Iraq and Afghanistan. And I was one of over 60 creators from all over the industry who volunteered. And what we would do is we would, um, you know, work directly with the troops um, and, you know, record their stories, you know, run them by, uh, you know, and have them fact-checked and make sure, and, and we would ensure that we weren't violating operational security, <laughs> right? Um, but, you know, our commitment was to share their stories without any political spin or propagandizing. And um, somehow I gave people the impression that I was good at this <laughs> because they kept asking me to do more. I had since written a book about the Korean War, 
and um, Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and I'm um, just start and I'm stuttering way too much. You're I okay. Am. You're okay. <laughs> um, and I've been working on a project uh, focusing on the women Air Force service pilots of World War II. Um, I like to focus on more personal accounts rather than dry reading and battles and dates. Um, and also the stories of our unsung heroes and heroines. And again, um, this is all for charity uh, because these aren't really my stories. I feel kind of weird about profiting off of them personally. That's so cool. Uh, 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 you and your husband have such different uh, writing uh, passions, I guess. Um, and how, how is that working in a home with two writers? Uh, do you share each other's uh, work and say, how's this going? Or Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, I have, I, you know, I have helped with the research and um, some of the content editing on When Halloween Was Green. Um, a little bit, a little bit less so on the, um, on the, on the next one. But my husband, he pretty well um, trusts that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and so, the, the Korean War, though, is often talked about as a forgotten war. So, what made you? Is that one of the reasons why you wanted to tackle that subject? Exactly. Uh, I also have a day job in hospice care, and um, it. It just kind of killed me inside that um, the veterans I was taken for had these great stories, sometimes harrowing accounts even, and uh, their stories risked being lost to history, and I could not let that let that happen. That's awesome. What uh, what war do you particularly like covering the most? I guess that's a weird thing to say. I guess research the yeah. most about. Well, um. It real it it depends on the people I'm working with, uh, so it, I can't say I've got one particular favorite war, um, but I do have some favorite experiences while I was doing that work. While writing Korean War, I had the privilege of working with um, the late Air Force Major General Frederick Boots Blessy, who literally wrote the book on air combat tactics. He was also a Korean War double ace, and I got to write about um, oh, a particularly nasty dogfight he had against five Soviet MiG-15s. Um, oh, he was a riot, <laughs> but did not speak a single word of plain English. And I had to re get some help in um, translating all this pilot speak into plain English for the benefit of the artist, I, the artist I, were work, I was working with. Um, <laughs> so, well, my daughter was serving in the Civil Air Patrol at the time, and she had a little bit of flight time in, and so I asked her and other members of her squadron, okay, can you explain this maneuver? Now, um, what would the pilot be doing with the stick if he were nosing over into, uh, say, a diving corkscrew maneuver? And, um, you know, I'd have them you know, show me and tell me exactly what I needed to put down in the script for the artist to draw. And um, the kids were impressed that I was working with, you know, an aviation legend. Um, and he, for his part, was tickled pink that I had all these little 12- and 13-year-old cadet airmen helping me. <laughs> That's Sad awesome. to say, he passed away um, 
shortly after he had approved the um, the final pages to go in the book, and he never got to see it uh, mm. printed. But there's a nice little tribute for him in there, and that he was, um, by and large, my my favorite person to uh-huh. work with. That's awesome. So, when you when someone tells you a story, so uh, a veteran tells you a story, as a writer, how you, you already kind of mentioned that you had to make it plain English, uh-huh. but how do you tell their story so it still contains all the stuff you need to, and also is condensed in a comic book? That someone can easily read, I guess. Oh, um, and that's that has been a challenge, especially with uh, my Desert Storm book, which was an, a direct adaptation of the wartime journal of it was the wing commander of the Air Force 23rd Tactical Fighter Wing. And because, you know, I was working off of journal entries, well, his writing was very stream of consciousness. And so I was just like, okay, well, um, this anecdote should go here and that should go down there um but um but i also had to um not divert too far from my mission of sharing his story in his own words so i guess in a way you're not only an author you're also an editor editor script writer (laughs) um and all around. I, well, I do everything in comics except a- the actual pencils because I don't have a steady enough hand to do that kind of work. So I delegate that job to people more talented than I am. <laughs> I'm currently working uh, on uh, my latest project with a woman who is she's a disabled Army veteran, and she's one of the first women from my area to not just serve attached to an airborne unit in the Army, but actually in the airborne unit. That's so um, cool. I because I love military history and I love United States history and I think it tells a lot about what's going on in the world at specific times depending on the conflicts. Oh yes. And um, so, is it a traditional length comic? Is it twenty two pages or is it an expanded uh, comic that you write? Um, I well, I do mostly expanded comics. I've also done short stories and anthology style comics. Um, I do have a series that is, um, you know, three traditional length issues, um, the one about Desert Storm, but I had intended to be, intended it to be like trade paperback length, okay. and because of print costs, I kind of had to split it up. Gotcha. Uh, but we'll be, uh, we'll, I'll be selling it soon as a trade paperback. Cool. And are you working on anything currently right now? Yes, I am. I've I've just started a series called The Real Women of the U.S. Military. And it's focusing on our unsung heroines. Uh, the first in the series, uh, it's on Tapas. It's called Real Women of the U.S. Military, the WASP. And it's about the women Air Force service pilots of World awesome. War II. No, I am not plagiarizing Marvel. <laughs> no, this is not Janet Van Dyne. <laughs> um, these... The, um, so, the, some of these women I'm writing about were actually the best aviators of the time, like um, WASP director, uh, Lieutenant. I don't know she was a full fl- she was a full bird colonel. Jacqueline Cochran was every bit Chuck Yeager's equal in an air, in any aircraft, um, and it was really neat writing about her. Why do you think that um, women have been taken so long to get their due uh, for the effort they put in in World War II? Because it seems like it's just now kind of catching on that these women 
busted their butts just as much as the men to help fight for our freedom. Even more so because they had to pay for they had to go in already as licensed pilots. They wow. had to pay for their own training, their own transportation. They even had to buy their own uniforms. What? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, it still blows my mind. I mean, I, yeah, 70 years ago is a long time, but it's not that long ago mm-hmm. where women still had to fight for that. And I, I think that's awesome that you're bringing that to the forefront. Is there, a, is there a place where we can get your comics online? Or Oh, yes. Um, the Real Women of the U.S. Military is being posted first as a web comic on, on, on Tapas. Um, and you just go there and you look up The Real Women of the U.S. Military, The Wasp, and it'll take you right there. Or you can look up V. Finnegan. That's me. Um, I also, well, I've been doing some self, I've been doing mostly self-distribution with uh, my print comics. And where I'm trying to get in touch with um, a publisher to kind of help ease the burden of, you know, the endless, relentless hustle of trying to distribute and, and print and fund all these books myself. Um, so, but I can't really go to... I can't really go into much detail. This was just stuff that, I started talking about that's yesterday. That's fine. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on our show, and thank you so much for sharing those stories because I think they're important for everybody to know. Now, uh, is it okay if I share some more Absolutely. I do have a GoFundMe to help with the upfront costs of um, you know printing, production, paying my artists. Uh, and that's if you go to... Um, GoFundMe.com slash the real women of the U.S. military, all one word. And um, anything we ra- any money we raise over and above our overhead will go directly to Arts and the Armed Forces and the Women Veterans Social Justice Network. Very cool. Valerie, thank you so much for being thank on you. our show. Thank you. It was lovely talking to it you. It was great talking to you. This has been another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. See you next year. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.